0: to Next in Nonprofits. I'm Steve Boland and I am very pleased to be joined today by Nate Nordstrom, founder and CEO of Easyboard. Nate, thanks so much for taking the time today.
1: Thanks for having me on the show and excited to have a conversation.
0: Yeah, I've heard about EasyBoard uh, from some outreach from your team, helping more people in the nonprofit community know about this tool. Uh, and I have a lot of specific questions I want to ask you about. But before I just jump in with you know the, the the minutia of it, can you give us a broad overview of what is EasyBoard? Yeah,
1: I can give you a little background um, on me and our team as well. Sure. So uh, back, uh, well, I'm originally from Omaha, Nebraska. And moved to Minnesota um, for love to get married. Mm-hmm. So, um, I've been in Rochester, Minnesota here at Southeastern for uh, about nine years and started a company called Brand Hoot. We do websites and mobile applications and some technical consulting, design consulting for various organizations, Mayo Clinic and for some other small businesses, medium businesses um, and some nonprofits as well. Over the years, um, I was asked to be on a couple local nonprofit boards and uh, was excited to to kind of join their efforts. So I'm on the Chamber of Commerce board, and I'm also on a, a higher education workforce related board called Grouk. And uh, as part of that, over the years, I just kind of saw how they operate and the tools that they're using and just how, frankly, inefficient things are and how much effort all of us were putting into Trying to find things and managing things, and you know the age-old question, should I print this document or not? Right. And um, so really just really started doing research into, okay, there's got to be a better way. What tools are out there? What could we do differently? And um, through a bunch of you know, long story short, a bunch of customer research, a bunch of conversations with nonprofits and their leadership team, we came to the conclusion that it made sense to build something. And uh, so we launched Easyboard in February.
0: And it's really, I mean, at a core, it's collaboration, right, is what this tool is for, for people who don't share a workspace, mostly that, you know, volunteer board members, directors at nonprofits, uh, you know, are not all on the same implementation of, you know, a a, a Microsoft server somewhere. So we have to try and bring together people mm-hmm. to share information and to make decisions and to do things in ways where they, it's not the same as, as a regular workplace. So I think the biggest challenge I hear about often with boards is, um, you know, that collaborating when you only get together, you know, back in the before times when we used to get together in person, yeah. you, you only get together once a month, once a quarter, whatever, as a large group and maybe a little bit more often with committees but um, structuring collaboration, you know, I, I think is the the core of what EasyBoard is designed to do, right? Right. So that that's definitely one of the things it's getting at. Um, I think fundamentally, like at
1: its most basic level, it's really even just a, a really easy to use system of record okay. for the board is to to what do we decide when, where are my documents, um, who all is, you know, what, what where is everybody on the board? What are their roles? Which groups or committees are they in? Um, kind of the, who's doing what and what's next, um, uh, sort of questions. And, uh, and so, yeah, so fundamentally that's, that's part of it. And then absolutely enabling easier, simpler connection and collaboration. We've got some of that functionality already, and we're going to continue to move in that direction with the platform.
0: Well, I appreciate that system of record part of it. So let's talk about that for a moment, because, yeah. you know, when I think about collaboration, I guess the, the being able to be sure that everybody is literally singing from the same song sheet here is um, uh, more of a challenge with, with a, a volunteer group of board members than it may be in other parts yeah. of our nonprofit work. Uh, so that that assumption of you got a copy of the bylaws when you started, and you know you started six years ago and you got that copy of the bylaws and somebody else started four years ago and maybe there was a revision yeah. between here and there and somebody else just started last month and do they have the most recent copy? or what? That really basic element of um, we have governing documents, how do we know who's got um, which version, do they have the right ones, um, contact information, all of that. So there's gonna be a lot of different ways you could solve that problem. Uh, I've been doing this for a long time back in the 20th century. uh, We literally photocopied books of information every single year uh, and gave everybody a new copy of their three ring binder every year, which was a tremendous amount of staff time and paper to just make sure that at least once a year you had the same information that other members did. I, I got to think fewer and fewer nonprofits are actually having to go to that extreme of printing paper for everybody. But I don't exactly. know, are you hearing that from people? Are they still doing that?
1: Most of, most aren't, um, especially in 2020, everybody's trying to figure out a way to, to not do that anymore and to get things online. Uh, and we have, we have for, I'll give you one example. The workforce development board uh, in town here in Rochester was printing all of their packets. I can't remember how many hundreds of pages, but it was a lot for every meeting. They quit doing that, and they're just using EasyBoard now. Uh, I think they may they may have a couple people that still want their printout, but it's sort mm-hmm. of a special request. Um, so yes, they they have drastically reduced paper printing and effort and saved overhead to a point where that alone made the tool make sense for them. Uh, I think they've definitely uh, observed other benefits as well.
0: Yeah. I think one of the challenges I see in working with nonprofit boards is the assumption that, uh, you know, I, I just need this in paper or this other thing in paper. And, you know, um, mm-hmm. it's only the once a month meeting or whatever, not really understanding the amount of staff time and energy that has to go into just supporting that work that could have been engaged in program work and other things. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're the getting some kind of a measure for how much resource is just managing the board to taking from the organization, let alone, you know, all the other work that has to happen. Right. Um, as, you, as you work with organizations to kind of think about this system of record idea, um, are there ways that they envision, you know, how do you know what how much time you're putting into supporting boards and, and this kind of thing versus how much less time might the staff need to do if the board could be more self-sufficient using a, a tool like this?
1: Right. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, it's a, at least in my experience so far, it's kind of anecdotal, but mm-hmm. I know, for example, one of our clients, um, one of their team members would spend an entire day prepping for the board meeting. Um, that doesn't happen anymore. So that's good. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of look at it as a progression. So, um, you know, you can go from printed materials to digital materials, but then what what happens, in, and this is where a lot of our customers come from, is oh, they, okay, they've made the move to digital, but then they've got some sort of messy combo of, Google Docs and possibly Office 365 or mm-hmm. Dropbox or something. And it's still not, okay, it's digital, but it's not that easy to find stuff. And it's still a little confusing. And you've got the system over here and, and people just get frustrated and stuck by the friction. And you you end up with even reduced board member engagement, which is obviously not what you want. You want your board to be as engaged and active as possible. So one of the key things that, that we've worked hard to solve with Easyboard is not only can you find stuff, um, you know, having it being organized well, but you can also fi- easily find things within documents. So we've got a search engine that we created where you can just search for a topic or a phrase, and it will go and search through every document you've ever uploaded (PDF, Word document, etc.) and it will find on page one of this document in this meeting you talked about that topic, and here's an excerpt from that document for con for really quick context um so i kind of look at that as like taking the digital even one step further and i think that's where the digital starts to really be clearly better because with the printed document you can't just go and run a search query like a google search on a print document but you can with our with with what we did with easyboard
0: So um, I want to ask you a little bit about the um, earlier conversation we were having before we started um, recording around the idea of lowest common denominator access, making it easy enough for the least tech-savvy digital user to still be included in part of this so that we're not having to create a digital system over here, but we still have to maintain some other paper or other kind of record for Mm -hmm. someone else. I want to get into that in a moment, but uh, just a quick technical aside, you know, if you're going to have um, all of this information searchable somewhere, um, where does it live? Are there security concerns if maybe there's budget information about personal payroll yeah. or something like that. Um, wh- where does that information live and how much of it can be stored with a traditional easy board? And do you have the ability to buy more storage if you need it, if you have like lots and lots of documents you want people to have access to?
1: Right. Yeah. Great question. So without getting too technical, the easiest way to answer the security question is that we, we treat your files just like we treat data for Mayo Clinic and for some of our other high level clients. Um, things are encrypted um, they are firewalled they're, they're very well taken care of um, as far as file storage limits we don't have any um, storage oh, is okay. relatively cheap nowadays so yeah. so our, our approach has been you know we don't want you to have to think about oh this is 110 megabytes how many files is that We just say you know what doesn't matter just upload whatever you want to upload to get your job done and um, and you'll be all set.
0: Well, assuming that that's documents and not things like video or some other unbelievably intensive thing, is that right? Great question. Yeah. So,
1: so we do not allow certain file types. Yeah. Okay. So you you can't go like upload a three gig HD video or something. Um, you could certainly link to it if you wanted to. We've got right. a link functionality, but that would live on YouTube or Vimeo or something like
0: that. Right. Okay. I mean, I I we're, assume we're that's talking, the case because if you're talking about just regular documents, Excel PDFs, files, PDFs, Word Docs, right? Yeah all those kinds of things, uh, right. They just don't take up that much room. So you don't have to worry too much about um, presetting a a limit. Even if you've got an organization that's like, I want the last 15 years worth of um, minutes saved and uploaded. Uh, Okay. You know, that's not that much space. If you want to upload it, you you can, I presumably do that, but it does. And
1: and we kind of look at it in terms of averages too. I mean, the average board on our system is not going to have that much file storage so if you really skew the average that's totally fine with us yeah
0: Uh, and again even if that's um you know that many years of data for most things in those formats it's just not that much in in file size in today's storage capacity terms. so okay exactly um good to know but that does get to that question of uh you've got a, a secure place that you're storing it you you feel like that's not a concern now the the bigger question becomes uh, this range of volunteers that serve on the board uh, have different technical comfort levels and skills. Um, And I think one of the the things I was most impressed with when I saw a quick demo about EasyBoard was that ability for a non-technical user to really feel like I could do this without Um, throwing my hat up immediately just going, nope, no, I can't use that solution. It's just too complicated. It's too hard. Um, How did you envision getting past some of those barriers of other tools that, you know, are, you know, rely on a level of sophistication that just a lot of volunteer board members don't necessarily need in their other lives.
1: Right. So, so that's a, this is a really good question. This gets at the heart as to why we decided to do easy board in the first place. Um, Because it's not a matter, it ultimately is not a matter of functionality. You can do, you can do file sharing a hundred different ways. um, And, and some of these different functions. Now there's something to be said about having it all uh, in one place, but even then there are other tools on the market that will let you manage board meetings and documents. The reason we decided to do something about this is because we didn't feel like any of the other tools or any of the other solutions on the market took the user experience seriously enough. Um, And it is our strong belief that the user experience has to be good. It has to be easy to use. If it's not, you won't get the adoption. And then ultimately it does not matter if your fancy new tool has all the features in the book because if
0: people aren't using it,
1: It won't work for you.
0: So how do you engineer something like that? I mean, you've got usability people, I assume, in your uh, yes. other life with uh, Brandhut and, and the work that you do over there. Um, but you know, to me, this has always been one of the biggest challenges of, of nonprofit governance uh, is this wide-ranging set of backgrounds that m- many boards seek, right? You're, you're looking for lots of different types of input in the governance function. You want different members of your community represented. Yeah. But that often means you're coming in with people that have some very sophisticated, experienced users, um, uh, others much less experienced in using these tools, and some people who are just out and out, uh, kind of uh, intentionally uncomfortable about it and don't want to try and yeah. figure these things out. Um, so how do you design a system knowing that you're going to have to keep it easy enough for um, those those less comfortable users, but also, you know, have the, the functionality really work for those people that are going, nope, I, I get how it works. I just want to do it now.
1: Right. Yep, that's that's a good question. So the the reality is that designing something that is easy to use is hard work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> easy is hard. So our job is to make it easy, which means we're working really hard behind the scenes. We, we basically what we've done here and we will continue to do is use our experience uh, are within the design realm, doing some fairly complicated stuff for organizations like Mayo and others, and using that user experience first mindset to then continue to enhance and expand the platform. Um, and we will be very careful as we, as we continue to add and expand here uh, to make sure that that easy user experience is maintained. And the thing, too, that I found is that even people that are tech savvy, we're in, a, we're in an age now where we are all, frankly, exhausted with the amount of <laughs> digital tools we're using. Um, so when you come across a system that looks good and that's easy to use, regardless of your technical skill set, you're going to just kind of have this, ah okay, you, know, you just feel more relaxed. You're, you're willing to engage with it more. You're going to use it more. Everybody appreciates easy to use,
0: right? Uh, and there's, I think, different experiences and definitions of what that means. So let me come back to some That's thoughts fair. that I've had about the uh, the staff level saying, "Well, you know, we as a staff are using." What used to be called G Suite, it's now Google Workplace or Workspace. Pardon me, Workspace. Um, At least as of the time we're recording this, at the end of 2020. You know, who knows? By the time it it gets released, maybe they'll rename it again. Yes. Um, (laughs) But whatever the thing is, there's a you know Google for nonprofits uh, um, giveaway there that, as long as you're a qualified 501c3, you can get access to a fair number of things that would be a little bit more expensive for another business, but Google gives them away. So because of that. Fair number of charities use that kind of infrastructure, yeah. uh, and it's got um, relatively unlimited storage and a few other things. But you're living in kind of the Google Drive, Google Docs world at that point. And if you if it's what you do day in and day out, you know you get used to it and it's fine. Um, I think one of the challenges may be some of those staff members going, "Look, we already have." Um, this tool that we have a bunch of stuff in let's just get the board trained on the thing you know Um, and then we'll we don't have to worry about you know um, doing anything different for them I think there's a different sense of what that easiness is like when you live with a tool as a workplace thing day in and day out versus I come in for my board meetings I want to read my board minutes ahead of the meetings I need to do a few other things but mostly I'm not here every day, all day trying mm-hmm. to learn the internal system. Um, and, and Google's is one. And there's a lot, you know, the Microsoft Office 365 Microsoft a, and all yeah. of the associated tools that come with that. Um, there's lots of ways this could be done. Um, but I think that that challenge within the staff level of working with the board going, well, we use tool X. Can't we just get the board to use tool X and how do you help them think about the idea of, uh, you know, accomplishing the board's goal and working with the staff with kind of the least amount of friction?
1: Right. Yeah, that that's great. So most of our customers are groups that have tried that they've tried to get their board to use Google Drive, for example, or Office 365, and it hasn't worked very well um what we encourage boards to do or nonprofits to do and that we found works fairly well is you know easyboard does not replace google drive or i should say does not replace google workspace um if what you need is real time collaboration on documents and some of those some of those functionalities that google provides you know, we, we don't have an email server and some of those sorts of things mm-hmm. that we set you up with. So they're really different tools. They complement each other well. What we really encourage boards to do and, and most of our customers are doing is using Google or Microsoft for their internal staff operations. So you're going to be creating and editing significantly more documents than you want to share with the board. Right. So you really look at Easyboard is really, okay, when we have... Uh, and it goes a little bit back to the thought of the system of record. But right. when you have, okay, here are the, the minutes for the last meeting, here is the agenda for the next meeting, those kinds of documents, then is when you post them to Easyboard. Um, and really, just you're, you know, you get, there's always kind of, to some degree, there's a trade off between power and functionality. So the more, the more like power that you have. With, or in complexity, I guess I should say. So the more yeah. power that you have, like let's say with Google, um, that's great for, like you're saying, for some use cases, but it also means it's complicated and the average board member is just gonna say, you know what, just email me my documents or right. <laughs> mail them to me, I'm, I'm, I'm done, I can't do it. Uh, so yeah, so we, most of our customers have tried that um, and now they're at more of a blended model and that seems to be an improvement.
0: So I think one of the things that I liked in the demo that I saw about this was um, it may feel like if there's a system of record for um, the finance committee minutes and the um, the stuff that uh, maybe you know draft three of a budget that is being worked on by a committee or whatever um, those don't necessarily need to be in front of the whole board. The the EasyBoard right. tool allows you to create. Uh, what I would call a committee, but I think you have different teams and there are different words. Is it groups? Groups.
1: groups. Yeah, groups or committees, yep.
0: To um, with different levels of who can post that that current draft or whatever uh, into a space, who can see information into a space. Um, So, how do you make decisions about who has access to what levels, and um, how do how do they share information in such a way as to keep it clear? This is for the whole board. This is for this group. You know, let's call it a committee or whatever. Um, This may be for two or three committees. If there's an executive committee and a budget committee or whatever that needs to see the same document, uh, how do you help people not overwhelm the average user, but make sure that people do have access to the stuff that they want to see in some kind of file or tag system.
1: Right. Yeah, that's a good point. So that's, that's, that goes to even some of the further differences between something like Easyboard uh, and Google Drive or Microsoft. Easyboard is not just a bucket of files. Um, it's really, it's designed to be the easy way to organize board meetings, documents, and people. And what that means is you've got a really easy way to put people into groups. And then as you post meetings or add documents to the library, um, or publish announcements. That is all really easy to select by group. This is for the whole board. This is just for this certain committee, et cetera. Um, board, because it's purpose-built for board operations, we're able to do some things that something like Google is just never going to do because Google serves tons of customers in all different segments. So they're going to make one-size-fits-all tools. They've got some really great tools for what they do, um, but they're never going to have some of these purpose-built, functionalities to make it easy to to selectively share and distribute information or meetings.
0: So as you think about um, what committees start, I mean, do you have some defaults or is it just as part of the onboarding or setup process yeah. uh, to figure out what are the right types of groups for what uses to help those users start taking advantage of that?
1: Well, it's been interesting to see. Um, so the short answer is no, we don't have defaults. Um, But we do do that as part of the setup process. We'll talk that through with the uh, with whoever's setting it up—the board executive or Um, whatever—and we'll make sure that you get set up. It's it's super simple to do. Um, It's just click a button, add group, title the group, and click which people are in the group, and you're set. Um, So it's easy to do, and we've we've decided not to do defaults because we kind of just want to see how people use it. And so far, you know, like maybe half of our boards have a finance committee, but some don't, and it's really just kind of all over the map. So we're really designed, you know, it's got the the functionality to create those groups, but you make whatever you want. You could have zero groups or ten groups, or you know, anything you want. Mm-hmm.
0: So as you talked about uh, coordinating information among all these people, you know, one of the functions within the tool that I also thought was just fascinating is really making it centered around the um, adding some contact information and context for board members where you can yeah. really learn people um, in ways that, you know, when that new board member comes in and, you know, you see them, you know, once a month, maybe once a quarter, maybe whatever the time frame might have been, uh, it's pretty easy to lose track of, of your colleagues and. To tell you've been on the same board yeah. for a very long period of time. And of course, some boards are larger, uh, making it even more challenging, uh, necessarily. So you really didn't just say, you know, give access to people, you, you kind of create these profile areas or, or ways of getting people to kind of be connected and have current information. Uh, what was the thinking or experience behind really investing some more time in that people function?
1: yeah, so one, we talked a little bit before about the the ability to search within documents being one of the key things as a board member myself that I just felt I couldn't do with current tools. And this is another one. so the the people section is a direct result of my experience on a board and saying, you know, I wish that I had just a visual way to see context on all my board members, not just who's, you know, who are they and what's their email, but where do they work and what's their board term. In fact, Funny enough, one of the boards I'm on right now, I, I don't know what my board term expiration is. And I'm not <laughs> sure, sure they really know either. <laughs> I'm happy to, to, to keep serving. But um, if you have board terms and you want to keep track of that, super easy to do. And everybody can see everybody, everybody else's term and you can sort by, let's say, like soonest expiring term or longest serving. Um, and you can see which groups everybody's on. So that's another thing as a board member, I sometimes struggle to, to figure out who's on which committees and and the finance committee decided or is proposing you know xyz thing well who's really all on that committee right. like i maybe know a few of the people but trying to really trying to use the the functionality of easyboard and this people page to connect and engage board members it, you know being my belief that the better job we can do to connect people the better work that they're going to do together
0: Yeah, I I think so. And part of that, just again, knowing who's been around a little bit longer, who is newer, if you're the new person coming in, it really is helpful to get a sense of that because in my experience, you you coming into a board as a new member, and there's already 12 or 15 other board members there that all sort of seem to know each other. uh, It's hard to catch up. And it's nice to be able to have that visual reference of there's that picture of that person. This is such a different time to be doing things when people are so often video conferencing instead of meeting in person. Um, I, I assume, although I'm not hundred percent certain of this, that um, you started working in this project ahead of the pandemic and people being more remote. Is that true?
1: Well, yeah, we, we started planning, designing everything around being, you know, meetings in person. And that was the plan. And then of course that changed. So um, middle of the summer, we added some functionality to make it really easy to add like Zoom or Google Meet, whatever you're using. And it's just one click away for a board member. Um, So we pivoted a little bit and um, I think our, our changes there have been well received.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's some very difficult things about that. I, I think in terms of mm-hmm. uh, building personal relationships with with folks that you're volunteering with, uh, there are some advantages to having lots of little squares that in general have people's names under them. <laughs> so you can really kind of get a sense of, oh, right. I'm, I'm having that visual reinforcement as that person is talking in the meeting that that's you know, their name and their role and whatnot. Right. And but,
1: their phone number and their email. And and we've got a functionality to an easy board that, that it, again, partly comes from personal Personal experience and, and a lot of feedback from our customers saying, oh, this is really great. Can I also store their personal cell phone or last their last donated date or, um, their assistance email or these different sorts of data points. Mm -hmm. So we created a function where you can add custom fields as well to your board members. It's, it's pretty simple to do. And, uh, and then you can, keep track of everything there as well. And of course it's all downloadable in a spreadsheet too, if, if that's something that you wanna do. But um, yeah, we, we, we kind of expanded upon the basics and allow you to customize the, the profiles.
0: So there's a a couple of things on that, keeping it as easy to use as possible, that maybe takes a lot more work that we don't have to see uh, as users. But uh, that idea of even maintaining yet one more login to one more system um, can be a challenge Mm -hmm. for some board members. And I think uh, you know, one of the reasons why using things like um, a Google Workspace or a Microsoft Teams or a Slack or whatever is like, oh, God, I've got to remember what that is for this organization, for that thing at that time. Um, you decided to offer an opportunity to shortcut that for people that might have trouble with that, to let them just sort of log in with an email link, right?
1: Yeah, basically. So um, I can explain that a little bit. But basically... You're right. That's a, that's a friction point. And that's like step number one, right? If you, if you can't even get into the thing, then it's useless to you. So, and that, that is still the biggest piece of friction for our users. And so what we did was we created a function called magic links, just because actually one of our developers named it that he's like, this doesn't really, you know, in his mind, he's like, I don't know if, uh, if this is really a typical thing to do, he's like, I guess we'll just call it a magic link. So I'm like, Hey, that works. (laughs) Uh, Basically behind the scenes, we've got it set up so that when you publish, let's say you're the board uh, admin, you publish a meeting for uh, next week. Let's say when you publish a meeting, you can choose to send that notification by email or not. If you do send it by email, everybody gets an email, it'll have the Zoom info, it'll have the documents, it'll have the meeting details and everything there. They can, that board member, if you've got magic links turned on, it's an optional feature. If it's turned on, then when they click to open that meeting details or look at one of those documents, let's say the the agenda, they can do that without a login. And what we do is we just sandbox them to that one meeting. And so we, behind the scenes, we've got, quote, magic links that expire within 30 days. And so what basically what's what happens here then is if, you, if you're just a person that this friction is just a big deal to you of, of having to log in, with magic links turned on, that means 95% of the time or better, you won't have to log in because most of what you want to look at is going to be information about the next meeting. Right. Uh, and, and so you'll never have to log in for that. If you want to go look at other stuff, look at past records, do some searches, etc. We basically just have the left-hand side of your, of your easy board. It'll just say log in to see more. Okay. Um, and if, you know, if you're totally, st- if you want to log in and you're totally stuck, of course, we've got the standard stuff like password reset and whatever. Sure. And um, it's, it's pretty simple, but uh, you know frankly we've got some some boards that still have a couple members that haven't even accepted their invite to easy board and so sure. uh, we're we're working through that right now um, and there's really no easy easy way around that other than we make it super simple once they once they click the button to join but they've got to click the button so yeah. we've been doing some manual work with a few of our boards just to get Um, everybody connected, and once they are, uh, things are good.
0: Yeah, no, I think that makes sense, but I I think half of the challenge of kind of uh, staying connected with the right version of the right document at the right time is, um, you know, a little bit about navigation, you know, I'm I'm looking at um, a a version of minutes that was actually saved four meetings ago, and I thought that was supposed to be today's, but I got the wrong one, and those are challenges, but I also think that, um, you know, in my experience, I'm not... Oh, gosh, I really am not honestly sure how many different Google accounts I currently have. Let's, let's call it an even 15 for right now, because it's at least that. Um, yeah. And if I'm logged into the wrong one, uh, when somebody says, you know, hey, I've shared this document, um, and I, I go in and, um, you know, I have to start filtering through which which account was that made accessible mm-hmm. to again and which... Um, Those are are just challenges that make it frustrating to get shorter term things done, and I think it's nice to have that option to get a quick little. I just need to know who's coming to this meeting on Thursday, or we're going to have to reschedule it, right? If we don't have enough people that can make it, I I need to reschedule it. Can you just check in with the agenda, make sure that you're coming, and let me know that that much? It should be fairly simple to do. Well, easy board to do that, right?
1: Right, right, exactly. I mean, that's the that is the challenge, is and that is absolutely our goal, and I think. On the whole, we're doing a pretty good job of that so far. Is helping cut through the noise. And if you just need to RSVP for the next meeting, you can do that without a login. You want to look at the amendment, minute, the minutes, or the agenda? You can do that without a login um, through that through that magic link. Um, and uh, yeah, not have to fiddle with any of that Google stuff. You know, it's like that that you mentioned. You've got multiple Google accounts. I do too. And I think people that use the Google ecosystem typically have more than one account. Right. Um, and it's such a simple thing, but man, it can be frustrating and, and such a waste of time to, to get into the right spot to even feel like you're at the starting line. Sure. Um, so we're trying to, to shortcut and, and sort of do away with all those steps.
0: So as you um, have rolled this out and are starting to get some of that feedback, as you talk to new organizations, that might be going, right, all right, we've tried these other team-based solutions. We've tried this thing, and it's not really working for us. Um, we want to come in, but we'd love to know, you know, how do, how do we do this and how do we do that? Um, it, what level of support is offered as, as people come in? How, how do they answer questions? What's the best way for them to learn what the tool does? Right.
1: Yeah. So. We would be more than happy to show uh, anyone interested a demo. You just go to easyboard.com, um, just like it sounds, easyboard.com, and you can see sort of a little animation, a few screenshots, and then a demo request form. Um, or of course, you can you could just reach out to me directly. It's just Nate at easyboard.com. Um, I, I think really, be, you know, kind of like we've talked a little bit about there's different ways of sharing documents. There's different ways of doing some of what EasyBoard does. Mm-hmm. And so I think the most valuable thing for anybody is just to see it for yourself. Um, we've yeah, found yeah. by far the most effective thing we've done has just been show somebody a demo and, and they kind of, they get it right away. Like, okay, I see it now. Um, yes, this is refreshingly easy. Um, it looks good. Uh, and, and so that's, that'd be really step one is just see it for yourself. Um, And at some point here before we're done too, I'd love to talk about a couple of the features we're planning for next year as well, that I think might add more value to.
0: Well, and we're starting to run a little low on time. So this would be a great moment to jump into, you know, these things are up and rolling, but what other things are you hearing from customers or you just have planned yourself that could uh, make this simpler still or more powerful?
1: Yeah. So, you know, we talked a little bit about like the, the basics here are a system of record. How can we take it further than that? So in this next year, some of the things that we're planning based on user feedback is we'd like to add something called actions. So you'd be able to keep track of who's working on what. And basically it's a simple to-do list that's both built into each meeting, if you want it to be, and a standalone list. So everybody's got a list. Here are the three things as a board member I've agreed to do to help move our organization forward before the next meeting, for example. So you've got actions. Uh, another one will be e-signatures and e-voting. Oh. Um, you know, some sort of voting or polling mechanism.
0: That might be asynchronous, I assume. Well, and and for correct. listeners, I mean, instead of having to wait to a meeting to get this, that there's some sort of more visible tracking mechanism of this issue needs voting. Here's who's already voted. Here's who needs to come in yet. Some kind of way of tracking that.
1: That's, that's correct. Okay. Um, and then kind of the last big thing here, which I think has a lot of different potentials is analytics. This is all digital. So why not actually give you the ability to see board member engagement based on meetings RSVP, meetings attended, documents opened, how long did they look at the document? You could even be as granular as to say, here's the people that looked at the document for next Thursday's meeting that we're going to be voting on. And here's the people that haven't. So if 25% of your board has opened and looked at that document and the other ones haven't, you would actually have a way to know that and say, Hey, board members, remember, we're going to vote on this thing in order to be responsible, uh, responsible organization here. I, I need you to read this. So it's kind of in some ways it's some accountability and some engagement tracking, um, and and there's a lot of different avenues we could we could take with that, and we'll kind of slowly be incrementally expanding that functionality with user feedback as well. You know, really, really, our goal here is to make nonprofits more effective. And in order to be more effective, we want to take some of the the admin overhead uh, and time wasters that you currently have and take that off your plate. Yeah.
0: Um, well, and. Let me yeah. jump on that particular point uh, in particular, because I think one of the challenges that we talked about in our very first conversation is uh, many nonprofits that I've worked with in the past uh, look at a dollar that is spent in a budget versus 75 staff hours that are thrown out, which are already in the budget anyway, right? We're already paying that staff person, but yeah. they don't equate how much staff time is put to a task with a cost necessarily, where they might look at... Uh, the cost of a contract with a service provider that's gonna save you a tremendous amount of staff time. Um, But I, I think this is a real challenge in lots of areas, not just in board management, but a lot of areas in nonprofits where we don't really think about the true cost of all of the time the the paid staff have to put in to support something and what that's really running versus a smaller investment somewhere else if the you know if it shows up differently in a budget so i right. think that's challenging and i have to assume part of the conversation um with some folks might be well this is a cost um, it's going to, in all certainty, in my experience, and we're anyway, going to save you, um, you know, lots of money in the amount of time that's put into these sorts of things. But somebody needs to account for that in a way that everybody feels comfortable and, and thinks about.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So definitely, um, you know, and again, I think that some of those questions, to some degree, start to answer themselves as yeah. they see the platform. Right. They start to immediately see, okay. I understand now why this would save me some time. This would save my team some time. This would cut my overhead. And the other key piece here that I don't want to forget is, is you'll have a more engaged board. That's absolutely part of our goal here, not just to save you time, but to also engage your board more. And if your board's more engaged, um, you know, you should be able to move your organization forward more effectively, more efficiently whether that's in terms of more impact or more fundraising or, you know, whatever, um, the more engaged your board is, the the more likely they are as well to speak highly of your organization, which is going to just have positive ripple effects. So I think there's definitely a couple angles here at which um, saving everyone time and energy uh, is a good thing.
0: Right. Uh, and just everyone that listens to this, I've you know talked about this with many other things on this podcast in the past. It's not just this particular example, but mm-hmm. really understanding where we're investing a little bit of money to save a tremendous amount of energy and time so we can go do those other work things that need to get done. But it is a, a challenge that is worth addressing out there where somebody might be thinking to themselves, well, this sounds good, but I'm not going to ever get Person X, Y, or Z at my organization to approve a little bit of budget for that. So you know, um, I really do think it's important for people to start um, bringing to the to the table. Yes, there's a small investment uh, engaged in using a tool that's going to save us a lot of time. But let's talk about how this is getting staffed now, and how many meetings don't even pull together because we didn't have a good RSVP count on the thing, and you know, now we've really wasted a lot of energy. We can't even get a decision right. made because there's nothing right. there.
1: I would say too that. Um... So far, it's been my experience that the executive director of the organization is the biggest advocate for getting easy board on, you know, within their organization. Because that typically is the person who, you know, you're working very hard. You've got so many different demands on your time and energy. The last thing you want to do is waste an hour looking for a Google Doc or something (laughs) like that. Or a board member or mailing them a packet, you know, like these sorts of things. Um, and you know, we know, especially with 2020, I've talked to a lot of people who are just, they're kind of at their limit as far as time and energy for these sorts of things. And so they are absolutely, um, very interested in ways to simplify their, their workload.
0: Right and I I'm very excited about what you're bringing to the table I'm sorry that we are about out of time to talk any more about it but uh, why don't you go ahead and give that link one more time for people to get in touch and see a little bit more about what the tool does
1: yeah easyboard.com just easyboard.com and uh, I would be more than happy to show you a demo or even just have a conversation in general about tools and technology and nonprofits and how we, how we make things better that's really our vision here is yes we've got a product but um, I want to see nonprofits everywhere be more effective I, you know the nonprofit sector is absolutely critical to really our our country um, yeah. and, and to the world uh, the work that nonprofits do if you took that out of the equation I think you'd you'd frankly'd you'd have a lot more pain and suffering in the world so I'm it's it's very exciting to me to be able to kind of support some of the back office operations of these nonprofits and see them be a better version of themselves. So yeah, again, so just easyboard.com would be the place to, to
0: look. Outstanding. Nate, I'm really grateful for your time. Uh, Nate Nordstrom is the founder and CEO of Easyboard. Nate, thanks again. Thank you so much.